Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Silo by Story Archives, the official number one Silo podcast in the world. I am your host, Mario Busto, alongside Zachary Newton. You're the host. Welcome back. Zach, the time is here. It's bittersweet, but this is our season one finale deep dive episode of Silo. Yeah. The time has come. The journey has been a fun one. A 10 episode journey into the abyss or I guess the siloed abyss. It's been very fun. I mean, it, it was kind of sad. Our last recording was the last instant reaction of this season. This is the last deep dive of the season. But hey, there is some good news because there will be a season two. Yes. Silo is officially greenlit for season two. I have also personally reached out to Rebecca Ferguson and Hugh Howie. I am waiting to hear their response. If you want to join me in petitioning them to join <laughs> and to be a guest on the Story Archives podcast, we're so indie that we ask our audience to ask for us and uh, maybe petition them into coming onto the show. I said, whatever amount of time you're willing to spare, I will be happy with it. But Rebecca probably has a busy month because she also has Mission Impossible coming out mm -hmm. in early July. She has Dune coming out in the fall. And then she has Mission Impossible 2 coming out in December. So yeah, but Hugh Howie, he should be on here. He's probably doing a victory lap right now with the success of this show. So good for him. Absolutely. All right. Some housekeeping before you can skip forward. We're going to tell you all about the stuff we have going on here in the Soapbox Network before we get going on to the episode recap and all of our amazing thoughts that are out there. We have so much planned for you starting in the month of July. We are going towards Apple's biggest budgeted show, I'm just assuming. This is their behemoth of a sci-fi show called The Foundation. And if you're not new to the show, you will know that we have been doing a Wednesday series, doing commentary, catching up with all of season one. If you type in Foundation Apple TV podcast, we will pop up somewhere near the top there and you can subscribe to our show. We are doing right now, uh, we're on episode seven next week. We're actually going to be doing double duty on that. We're going to do seven and eight next week, mm -hmm. nine and 10 the following, and then we're going to break down the season two trailer for the July 14th premiere of season two of The Foundation. And we'll be pivoting the show to focus on that along with some other bonus shows like our Black Mirror Season 6 coverage, which if you've been catching up with us has been excellent. We actually have done the first two episodes of Season 6 so far. The second episode has been my favorite, personally. And if you want to subscribe to our newsletter, you can check out our links in the description. You can be one of the first members of the Soapbox Club in existence, and that will be for eternity, because we are taking a personal log of the first 100 email subscribers on our newsletter for an unknown reason to you, but a possibly known reason to us in the future. And lastly, our YouTube channel has been seeing explosive growth. We need more explosive growth. We're actually going to be recording this video pod for the first time on Silo. So if you want to see our uh, going out to cleaning faces on YouTube, you can see us go out to clean uh, on our YouTube channel. Soapbox Network is where you can find us there. You can find the link in the description as well. Subscribe, like all of our videos. And as always, you can email us at contact at soapbox.house. We have received a flood of emails from last night. So many. I'm going to be spending hours this week and replying to each of them. In fact, we're not going to mention a single one because it would be unfair to the dozens of emails that have come in so far. I think the count in the last less than 24 hours is, is has exceeded already like 20 to 25 or something like yeah. that, which is a lot for us. Maybe not for the Joe Rogans out there, but it is a lot for us at this moment. So thank you once again. Another thing, thank you for helping us rank number one as the Silo Podcast. We couldn't have done it without you. It means the world to us. And you may think you're listening to this podcast at 2x speed, but it's because I'm trying to speed through this housekeeping bit here. And um, there was one last thing I wanted to say, Zach. 
Support the show, man. Oh, if you would like to support the show, do not feel pressure to do so at all. But if you do want to um, support, help support the production of the show going on here, we have some some stuff planned that we're trying to just continue um, in the direction of cranking out as much content as we can. So anything mm-hmm. helps, but don't feel the pressure. If you really, you know, that I wouldn't ask, but if you just feel the goodness of your heart that you've enjoyed it, feel free to do so. I'm not good at asking for, for stuff like that. But Me neither. Um, Man, there was one last thing I needed to say. I needed to get off my chest. Oh, okay. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. So I look at the analytics every single day just to keep up with everything. And I noticed that over 60 something percent of you have subscribed to the show, which is an increase. We've actually taken that number up from 50 something. So all of you listening out there, believe it or not, we have over 64% of you who are listening are subscribed to the show. However, there's still like 41 to 44% of you out there who listen every single week and are not subscribed to the show. So if you do like us, do us a favor, hit the subscribe button. We promise if you get annoyed, you could unsubscribe at any time. We, it's not like we hold you in a silo and lie to you and make <laughs> you believe that you can't go outside and never unsubscribe from us again. So yeah, right? thank you um, for all of you who listened to that and did not skip forward. Zach, did I miss anything? I don't think so. I'm out of breath. Other than all of the questions we have from this episode. Yes. All right. Now let's get into it. Let's get into our episode recap. There's a lot to go through. I watched it again today and I picked up some more and I want to talk about some predictions for season two mm-hmm. and those wagers that I think I actually won. I, uh, I, I don't I don't know what you were reading, but okay. Right. You'll have to remind me of that uh, <laughs> later in the episode. We can I've, do the I've final time. I've got them up, so we'll go over them at the end. All right. I want a bottle of Mezcal if, if I win, so. Okay. All right. Let's go. We open up the episode picking back up where we left off in episode nine, which is pretty much directly in continuity where Juliet last was with Patrick Kennedy and Danny, the hacker extraordinaire, mm-hmm. where they have determined that what they are seeing on the display is a lie. They're looking at Jane Carmody's cleaning and Juliet's determined to get this video on everybody's screen. Which, quite frankly, is a half-baked idea on her part. It is, but I do think that there's this this feeling of you know there there's a, a countdown happening right now. Like I I imagine deep down in her heart, she knows she only has so much time left before she's captured again uh, by judicial here. So I, I, it's kind of like when you're backed into a corner and you just you got to do something to fight. This was the easiest thing, the most accessible thing for her to do. I do think that. At this point in the episode, she does believe that what she saw on the camera is the truth and not the lie, which we find out later is actually the lie. Well, we actually, yeah, it's funny that they think the display is a lie. Mm -hmm. Turns out the only damn truth in this silo is that the displays are not lying. It's the only thing that, as far as we know, is not a lie, unless... Unless Bernard has a, a secondary display that is also putting a lie <laughs> with you the imagine? desolate wasteland. He's Let's like, turn right. the first one off and put theme two on. Yeah, he, sc- <laughs> he changed the desktop screensaver like immediately. All right. Um, I wrote a side note when she makes the decision that they're going to go to floor 126 to hack the IT hub to link mm-hmm. all the screens in the silo. What she's doing is definitely good enough material for a rebellion, I'd say. If everybody sees those screens, yeah, I would imagine they would lose their minds. I, I, I do think maybe, even though it might make me a bad person, I, I agree with uh, Bernard's comment of, well, I wish I had as much uh, 
what was the word? Optimism. Like faith, optim, optimism as you do in, in people, right? Like, yeah, I, I do think if everybody just saw this green flash in front of them, there was clearly from outside, they would be losing their minds and trying to break down the doors. I mean, everybody in that control room, you saw their face. It was just lit up. Like, just, what is this? This is like, this is incredible. Yeah, Juliet says to Bernard later in the episode, everyone can handle the truth. And he says, I wish I shared your optimism. Mm-hmm. Not going to lie, I, I kind of agree with Bernard on this one. On, yeah, on that Great episode for Bernard. I mean, he gets a lot of... I love when a script plays up a character's capabilities before you actually get to see them. Mm-hmm. And there's a moment when Juliet... You can pause the episode here for a second before we, so we can catch up. Uh, there's a moment when Juliet says to Danny, they're trying to tell Patrick, we got to go. We got to leave the apartment. And she says, as good as Danny is, Bernard is better. And mm-hmm. Patrick goes and says, is that true? And he goes, yeah. <laughs> and they leave the apartment, which is epic for Bernard because we see him go swordfish John Travolta mode or no, Hugh Jackman mode where he goes and shuts down the entire IT server once they've successfully linked the screens. Mm. So we also find out that the way Juliet has been maneuvering between the floors is through the trash chutes and not these stairs that an unspecified emailer may or may not have written in about. Now, maybe in the books, there's these side stairs, but in this show, they do not mention any additional stairs aside from the central column that moves from the top to the bottom of the silo. Yeah. And you, you know, you had made a, a comment and the instant reaction about it really took them this long to figure out that they were using the trash chute, but you know, we didn't think of it. This is true, but we also yeah. didn't know about the trash. We, <laughs> we didn't know, know the, the architecture, architecture of the, trash of, the uh, of the silo. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. <laughs> I also think that's a reckless system for trash. We just drop it in the hole and it goes all the way to the bottom. Oh my gosh, yes. I mean, I imagine that would make much more of a mess, especially if you're dumping those large, uh, what it looked like a stove almost that they just dumped over the I edge. I thought it was like an AC unit, but they, um, sure. no, they, they dropped... There's no way that it would stay controlled in that little circle on the bottom at the speed that it's coming from in the top. Like, there's just no way. It's exploding into pieces. You yeah. Know? Or bouncing just across the room. Yeah. Yeah. I want to make a comment here because Juliet's got some, you know, she's got some plot armor. Okay. Yeah, just a little. Every person before her has left the silo and has faced the death that was almost certain for them. Okay. Mm-hmm. And we can get into that later about the heat sensor tape and all the stuff that we think. I have not read your emails yet on the heat sensor tape, but I we will mention this. There's we're a gonna, lot. We're going to be doing a mailbag episode for Monday or yeah, Monday or Tuesday. We're going to be dropping a mailbag episode and reading all your emails on air and getting into all of the stuff you guys are talking about. So get in your emails before then. Now, Juliet has this way, man. She has this way of destroying people's lives with very little notice. Mm-hmm. Like, do you know what it is to ask somebody for a favor and then to completely uproot their life after they've helped <laughs> you with this favor? I mean, Patrick, all he wanted was the watch. Yeah, out that was of this. all he was and, in for. And he, he didn't even get the watch. Nope. No. She turns around in the alley and goes, are you effing kidding me? Yeah. Right? I'm like, I don't know. I've no, literally I mean, like, you break, I did all of this. Yeah, I, I want the watch. Every <laughs> single law in this silo. Uh-huh. Uh, and how about this this poor guy Danny? He just comes to this apartment and hacks something. What do their lives turn into and Lucas. when their crime is far worse than Lucas's crime? Lucas is mm. going to be hauling iron for the next 10 years and he looks like yeah. a very fragile individual. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
Yeah, he does. And, I, I, you know, I imagine that will be the, I mean, this is the last time he's ever going to see, I believe it was his mother he was taking care of. Well, his mother's a goner, unless they put her, they're going to treat her like they do Gloria. They're going to put would, her in one of those drugged up rooms. That would be my guess. That or, that or she'll pass away in 10 years. I mean, that's, it's a long time. I don't know what the lifespan looks like in the silo here, but. It feels like Bernard's Lucas doesn't look too young. He looks, he looks like a. No, he looks like he's in his 30s. Yeah. Late 30s, maybe. Bernard really is taking a personal vendetta against Lucas, and I don't fully understand why his is so harsh when he gave him the information that ultimately helped him catch Juliet. The other two, Danny and Patrick, I'm assu- are they going to be reassigned? They can't be on the run because they do get arrested. We, we hear on the radio yeah. from one of the deputies that they apprehended them. Will they be sent out to clean? Like, What's going to happen there? I would imagine that they would be sent out to clean. And as, as to why Bernard is so hard on Lucas... My, I think it's just because Lucas is a wanderer. He's he's some he's the person that wants to know what is outside. I mean, I mean, look at Bernard's whole comments of like, oh, you like to look at the lights in the sky. Well, you're gonna go down to the mines. There are no lights. I imagine ten years will knock that out of you. Or yeah, he's straight. he's like he is vindictive. Like he's mm-hmm. very cruel, not yeah. just in his sentencing of him, but in the way he's like gives him hope. And then brings him down and yeah, says, just oh, you like, him. you like, oh, you like charting the screens? How about this? You're never going to see light again. Uh-huh. You, know? <laughs> um, you say it just so casually. It's great. Yeah. Let's talk about Billings. Because there's a discussion to be had here mm-hmm. about Billings, which we might be able to get into it later in the episode. Personally, him, Billings and Sims have a very similar episode. Okay. Mm-hmm. turns out gene robinson a former student of billings who taught a a class on the pact reports to sims that billings went to request to get into juliet's apartment after sims had already commanded him to stay in his own apartment after he let juliet get away yeah sims finds out has a talking to with billings because he's equally mad with billings on top of the fact that he let juliet go Mm -hmm. in his mind his family was in danger when Juliet visited. And, yeah. You know, he got a little bit of a taste of his own medicine, in my opinion, and he doesn't like it. Yeah. However, Sim sees an opportunity here when he notices that the stress that Billings is under is causing his hand to shake. And I think maybe he had suspicions before that he had the syndrome, hmm. but right now it's all confirmed. And he's going to use this as his blackmail opportunity to have a, a sheriff that he controls, in my opinion. That, the moment I saw that he saw it, I didn't think it was the end of Billings. I thought, what better opportunity than to put your own puppet in the sheriff's department and have like your own pawn, right? But Oh, absolutely. I get the sense though that Billings not the type who's going to put up with being blackmailed for so long. <clears throat> no, I, I, I'm sure he'll be annoyed with it. You know, and he might have his suspicions at this point. I mean, we, we get that moment later on in the episode when he's talking to his wife and he's like, well, he knows I have the syndrome, but nope, they're going to they're gonna give me an exemption, right? Yeah, but at this point, he's, he's lying to his wife. And we can talk about that more. The tone that he uses with his wife is positive, but when, mm-hmm. he hi- when his wife goes to hug him, because she's like a very worrisome figure in the show. Yeah. She's very worried about everything because she has the, the newborn child. She cares for, is normal. For, for her husband and her child. Yeah. But she's very worried. And I think he doesn't want to worry her more than she needs to. So when he, he tells her that, he puts a positive twist. But when he hugs her, you can see the concern in his face. It's not, mm-hmm. 
he's not in the clear by any means. The the troubles no. are just beginning for him, in my opinion. Oh yeah, definitely <clears throat> not. I, I think I think you're completely right. I mean, Sims is definitely going to use him as a pawn. Like he has the ultimate leverage he could yeah. need at this point. You can pause the episode for a second here. I want to talk about something important that happens in the scene with Sims. Sims asks Billings, did you find anything in the apartment that would help you understand Julia's behavior and her mm -hmm. motivations? Billings, as we know, found the Georgia travel guide in the apartment, in the mm -hmm. cabinet, because he had the whole like Pez epiphany. Rips a page out and then burns the rest of the book. We, we have a lot of unanswered questions in this episode that I'm, I'm going to lay out at the end of, of our recap. But one of those... <clears throat> is what page did he rip out of the Georgia Travel Guide and why did he rip it out? And why is he secretly on Juliet's side and hiding the fact that he found this relic? What motivation does he have to hide this? Or is he secretly on her side but just feels helpless? Like, well, What is your take on why he withheld this information from Sims? I don't know that I would say he's secretly on her side. I mean, we know he's been a very by-the-books kind of person. You know, he's not even supposed to be in the position that he's in because of the syndrome. I think he's just gotten to a point where he's realized that, hey, well, I've I've been lied to as well this entire time. There is there is something out there. There's something more. There's something different. And I, I think this is like I think he's been bit by the bug of curiosity. Not so much. I'm doing this because I'm loyal to Juliet. Well, Juliet at this point hasn't been caught. So it, it makes me wonder if I have a feeling that he's he's not on he's on the side of the truth and of the pact. I think at the end of the day, even if he hides it in his drawer, he still believes in the pact. Now, there's a lot of questions about the pact and whether it's been corrupted by the powers that be that are in control of the silo since the rebellion failed or since that whole coup attempt, right? Yeah. All right, let's move on. Uh, Juliet, Danny, and Patrick make their way up to floor 126 where they manage to hack into the IT hub slash signal booster. And I think they link all of the screens in the silo. Am I to believe that it's all the screens in the silo that they've linked here or is it just the ones in janitorial? No, I believe it's, it's all of them because they Oof. are, I mean, they're all the way down at what, like floor 126 and, you know, janitorial is at like what, floor 20, 22, something around there. Mm. So I imagine it's every screen in the silo. I mean, they're they're tapping into the booster. What? That's tremendous damage control for Bernard here to have to deal with. Anyway, you can pause the episode for a second. Mm -hmm. There's a lot to talk about here. If every screen in the silo was linked to this video, where does that leave Bernard on the damage control? Because that means you've got potentially thousands of eyeballs that have seen this footage of Jane Carmody's cleaning. Which yeah. has been confirmed is the exact footage put onto the visors of um, the cleaners. Anybody who goes out to clean, which my theory is that the reason the drive has number 18 is because they probably recorded similar footage at every single silo for this purpose. And the purpose of hiding this drive was because it has all of the assets pre-silo era. Mm-hmm of what would have been used to control the people. But I don't want to divert us too much because I do want to talk about the motivations for why the founders did things the way they did and why everybody stops to clean, right? Because okay. it's almost like 
the silo people like Bernard, like the actual rulers of the silo, have an incentive for the cleaners to go out to be fooled that they've been lied to. When in reality, the display is accurate as far as we know. Okay? Yeah. Now, the most fascinating thing about the scene that they've hacked into here is that when the Jane Carmody cleaning pops up on the janitorial screens, nobody in that room has seen this footage besides Bernard, not even Sims. Yeah. And there's this visceral reaction of every single camera monitor there that, I mean, it's like the human desire for beauty. The reason people will go to like Yosemite and and stare up at the waterfalls and like the, you know, like all these Mm -hmm. beautiful national parks and natural places. Like we have this thirst for beauty. And these people have been locked up and cooped up inside the silo their entire lives. And even while being under the order of the most powerful man in the silo, they have to be ordered to look away from the screens. Even Sims, he says, you too, Robert, look away from the screen. In a way, it is poisonous, this clip for people. Because if the outside doesn't look like this, and the only reason this clip exists is to make the people who go out to clean the center, Mm -hmm. right? Then giving anybody access to this clip, they wouldn't be able. That's the reason he's not, I think, the reason he's not optimistic that people can handle the truth. Because they may not believe that this is fake. Or that it's no longer like that outside. Yeah, right. I mean, I mean, the, the truth, as as far as I can tell, based on the end of this episode, is that the outside is definitely not green. I mean, it's it is bad. So I don't know. Bernard was right when he talks. There's like a double meaning, and when he's talking to Juliet, and he says, "I wish I shared your optimism." Why? Because Ju- is well. He could have easily told Juliet, listen, this is the reason why this clip exists. It does not look like that outside. But would Juliet have believed him? Or at this point, was she so far gone in her own rebellion that he absolutely needed to get rid of her? That's a good question. I don't don't have the answer to it. I I feel like, I mean, if I had to guess, I would say that Juliet's gone far enough down this road that she wouldn't believe him. Like she's seen enough to have distrust in anything she's told, she needs to see it for herself. Yeah, I think that's the category this is in, is that anybody who sees this has to see it for themselves. Mm -hmm. With that being said, can't we just use some of the same heat sensor tape for everybody, let them see how shitty it is outside and bring them (laughs) back in the silo? You want to go out? Okay, let's heat sensor your arms together. We're going to send little Johnny out there. If little Johnny doesn't come back, you know we're not lying to you. Leave it to Mario to sacrifice little Johnny, man. You know, you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Anyways. I get you. We see uh, some of Bernard's capabilities here when he shuts down the entire IT system um, single-handedly. Seems to be like a very skilled guy all around it. Knows his his stuff. Yeah, but I also feel like it's just like kind of like, you know, pulling up a terminal and shutting down the system by a command. Like, is it really that difficult to just shut down the the system? Hit the power button? How about this? I knew from the moment that Sims saw this footage that he was going to be, well, it's not confirmed that he's going to be confirmed as Bernard's shadow, mm-hmm. but I knew Bernard would have to do it because now he, I mean, Sims has his raiders, right? Who yeah. do they really answer to? I think Sims could do a coup if he wanted to, right? Possibly. Maybe. Now, he already has a guy who's seen the footage, and if he can remain loyal after seeing that footage, then he would technically pass the same criteria that Bernard passes mm-hmm. as the leader, because he also knows about this footage. 
which interesting enough, he does not destroy at the end, but we can talk about that later. Okay. All right. So while all this is going on in janitorial, everyone parts ways. Patrick, Danny, and Juliet part ways. Unfortunately, Patrick and Danny aren't as lucky. And back to Bernard's crew. Bernard's helpless in this moment. He demands that everyone, whatever they saw, that they forget what they saw. Pretty much unsee what you've just seen. Yeah. I don't know how you come back from that. <laughs> you, you, you're going to have a lot of people to send out to the clean, to, to clean or go down to the mines or something like that, man. I mean, if, if they forget what they saw, then I mean, wouldn't they all kind of pass the criteria to be his shadow? No, a lot of these people seem like bozos. Yeah, I know, but I mean, <laughs> when the guy turns around and goes, when the guy turns around and goes, "Oh, they're linking screens." <laughs> yeah, the uh, the the little cast up here, I think, could have been a little bit better. It's just like it feels like they're overacting a little bit. No, nah, I just wonder where they pull them from, and not the actors, but like where do they pull these people from in the silo? Do they ever go home? What department is theirs? You know, how do you pass the criteria to say, hey, you want to be a camera watcher? Like, I, I would know. not want this job in the silo. No, it's a lot of, a lot of secrets. And, yeah. and, you know, honestly, like, I imagine it would, it would also be pretty boring for like, you know, a solid 140 years until it gets interesting. Yeah, I got to say this. Um, although it's been a positive episode for Bernard and his capabilities, mm-hmm. Sims looks borderline incompetent in this episode. Yes, he he's does. Ch- he's chasing at all times. He's, everything's falling apart for him in terms of his like his decision making here, and it takes far too long to realize how is she getting from fl- floor to floor, guys? If there's no other avenue down besides the stairs, what do we have? You know, are mm-hmm. the air vents big enough for her to go through, or the trap? You know, come on. Mm-hmm. You know, it's been a yeah. day. It's been like at least a day. Come on. Yeah, I mean, he he does seem. Fairly incompetent in this video or in this episode. And he's, he's also got a real temper, man. Yeah. And, w- and what is your strategy here with catching Juliet going down the recycling chute? Your strategy is to kill her? Yeah, why not? Aren't you better off trying to catch her and find out what information she's given away? Mm. And to who she's given it to? Possibly. But she's also, using Bernard's own words, the largest mortal threat to the silo at this point, right? So, you might want to catch her and find out, but mm, you got, I mean, you know, she's got the hard drive on her. Might not be a bad idea. She walked, I mean, there's absolutely no way that she's not knocked out for a day with that fall. Okay. If not dead. I, compl- I completely agree. I don't know how many stories she fell, but I she guarantee fell it, it felt she like more f- than, than what she jumped from. Dude, she and was just, on floor 126. Oh my just to give you reference. Yeah, out, out of 144, right? <clears throat> so, I mean, I don't know how long she was able to, to climb down there, but you know, I, I imagine she dropped pretty far. And I also don't want to forget about the fact that they just threw a bunch of heavy metal junk down there. She would have landed on that. On all of it. At least been impaled. Yes. Like with something. <clears throat> Cracked your head open, broken your back, like, but she kind of landed on a pillow. Yeah. All right. After <clears throat> Juliet is narrowly saved from a, what seems to be like a, a wall unit air conditioner, falling and smashing her head into, into pieces, mm-hmm. we go to the title sequence, which I do have a question about. Okay. Has this title sequence been changing subtly? I don't, th- I didn't think that until this episode and- 
I, I don't know what it was. It just felt like there was something in the beginning that was a little different, but I feel like I'm just, I'm putting that in my own head. I feel like, I mean, we should probably do our own diligence on finding that out out there, but it just feels different almost every episode, the title sequence. Like something subtly is different about each title sequence, but. Maybe every episode we just like, we kind of like peel the layer back and we, we interpret it a little differently each and every time. Everything feels different. Like when Bernard's reading her, her rights, we can continue. Yeah. We can continue. When he's reading the rights, they feel a lot different hearing them now than they did when we heard them being read to Allison and to Holston. You know? Yes, I agree. I, I mean, the, the whole reading of those rights was just like way more epic in this episode than it was before. Like it was just, it was, I don't want to say it was heavier because I mean, looking back at, at Holston reading the rights to his wife, that was pretty rough. Yeah. I want to say in the title sequence, there's this shot at the start with the sun above the clouds. Mm. It had to have been a nuclear apocalypse. That's what I think it's been all along, right? Like the moment I saw the trailer, you know, I thought this was like post-apocalyptic nuclear fallout, which would explain the inability to go outside for such a long time. Well, you have this canopy of gray cloud that never, like there's no sun that touching too. the earth. That's, that's a great point. Right. It's always, it's literally always gray. There's, mm -hmm. well, I mean, there is some clearance because you can't see stars at night or lights in the sky, as they say. But for the most part, it is always gray. Yeah. I was wrong about the city, by the way. I do not believe it's New York. I think it's Atlanta. I looked, I, at, I looked up the Atlanta skyline and almost positive it's Atlanta. I was doing the same thing today. It's, it doesn't look big enough to be definitely not New York. to be New York at all. And, you know, I, I think it would just, it would be too much to be like, yeah, it's a New York skyline, but we, we put some uh, peaches in the startup sequence. Yeah. I think that it, you know, also had to do a little bit with, um, with um, the, when I first it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline it it looked like it spanned a little bit wider than it did mm -hmm. you know and when i looked at it again on the rewatch i was like there's just no way it's not big yeah. enough to be new york it's not yeah all right well in the down deep let me pause for a moment here Ju juliet saved by whatever godsend angel that was at the bottom of that trash heap who picked her up immediately that's a good system they got going on there yeah. makes you wonder how many people have fallen inside the trash chute <laughs> um, how many people climb up and down the trash chute <laughs> yeah well, she's saved and then she's nurtured back to health pretty quickly by Martha uh, Walker, as she calls her, Walk, Shirley, uh, Weird Al Hank, the deputy, and mm. it's not too soon after that Knox, her former mentor, Juliet's former mentor, mm -hmm. um, pretty much turns her into judicial because he makes a call, you know, he makes a... He makes a call and he knows that the down deep's going to be punished severely if they pretty much give her safe harbor, you know, or pretty much shelter her away from the authorities. So he makes a decision to do this, which, you know, Juliet doesn't even get mad at him for, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, I, I kind of get it, but I, I'd be a little pissed too. I'd be like, really? 
let me run a little more. And you know, I, I think the reason why I was a little a little annoyed about that was because I still wanted to explore what is down in that hole. Like like I said earlier, we have a lot of unanswered questions mm-hmm. that are left for season two. Which leads me to what I was gonna say now. Before Bernard and Sims catch up to her down there, she asks everyone to get out that she needs a minute with Walk. Mm-hmm. So she only trusts Walk at this point with this information. And she, it's implied that she did tell her at least whatever she needed to tell her before she goes out to clean. Because she says, listen, there are some things I need to tell you. She interrupts like Walker's uh, little emotional mom yeah. moment where she says, you know, it would have been better if you stayed in the mids. <laughs> um, he, she interrupts her real quick. And I would hope that in the span of time before Bernard and Sims bust through the door, that she was able to say whatever she needed to, which hopefully includes the hole. And whoever, I'm assuming that she probably told her about the hole. And told her that maybe she can trust two people, Billings and Lucas. I, I would hope mm. that that's what occurred there. Yeah. I, I was wondering if they had enough time to swap the hard drive or the disc within it. I, oh, but that would I have been terrific. That would yeah. have been terrific. But Bernard would have caught on because he knows what's on that drive. So he well, probably if, would have if known. If he did smash it all the way though, maybe, maybe that he wouldn't be able to find out or wouldn't care enough to find out. So it's like, no, I destroyed it. I'm not going to. Part of me thinks that Bernard intentionally didn't destroy it uh, because he's so smart. He would know in the moment what he needed to do to fully destroy it, mm-hmm. you know, and to leave it. He knows it's a casing around the disc. Mm-hmm. So could it be that Bernard knows how much damage these things can take? He just hasn't made a single mistake all season. He's very calculated. He's calculated like in every line delivery and everything, every word he says is calculated. He's a even, even his slip-ups are calculated. Are calculated. Oh, They're calculated slip-ups. That? <laughs> he's a very fun, he's a very fun villain, I gotta say. We yeah. have a, an emailer from Brazil who absolutely, a listener from Brazil who loves Bernard. She says she's team Bernard. So, okay. I gotta say, he's a very interesting uh, character. So Very, very great. I mean, uh, the acting is phenomenal. Yeah. Um, he does say when he walks in there if you had done everything you wanted to do everyone in the silo would be dead mm-hmm. and my one of the points i wanted to bring up was when she links all the screens together and he shuts them down he says yeah. he makes a comment saying she's smart and she's brave so he's yeah. really he's he's almost like respecting her more and more yeah. as the episode progresses which is strange but he's, I mean, he's leveling with her, even though he is a scumbag in his own right, right? But yeah. he also feels that his job is absolutely necessary to keep the silo alive. And I honestly, I can't disagree with him. Because yeah. if she was successful in showing that footage to everybody, I think it would have caused a premature rebellion that would have led to everyone's death, in my opinion, or a good portion of people. In the manner that... You know, she did try to to show that to everybody. Yes, I I do agree. Again, I, I want to mention that there was a moment that I uh, had thought in this episode that Bernard would potentially throw us a curveball and make Juliet his shadow just because of that growing sense what of respect gave for you, her. What gave you that sense? Be- because it felt like he was seeing a bit of himself in her. Right, yeah. like it, when, when you're like in this whole moment down here at the bottom of the silo with Walker, Juliet, and then himself, he seems to respect her. And there, there's a couple other moments throughout the episode where it seems like his respect for her does grow. Mm-hmm. And that's where I was like, is this like 
yeah, I kind of see, I kind of see myself in you. And, you know, coming right after the line delivery of not thinking Sims should be his shadow, it kind of left that open. So, for a moment, I thought that's where it was going. And then we got towards the end and I was like, yeah, no, that's not happening. Well, Julia and Bernard do strike a deal. And the deal is this. He wants her to admit that she said she wanted to go outside and clean, to waive her right to a judicial hearing, which speaking of judicial hearings, Judge Meadows has been missing in action for the last like two or three episodes. We haven't seen her face yeah. for about two or three episodes. It's, for all we know, she's still drinking mimosas. No, it's down and, in some screwdrivers. Uh, screwdrivers, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's right. She doesn't have champagne. It's just orange juice and vodka. Yeah. So yeah, for all we know, she's just, I don't know what she's doing, eating eggs, bacon, and drinking, but- not a bad life. <laughs> it's like it's like yeah. a Saturday morning every day. Yeah, Juliet makes the deal ultimately because she just wants to know. I think she knows at this point that she has no cho- no choice here. She's mm-hmm. gonna have to go out and clean regardless. And she says, "Just tell me what happened to George. Show him." And he says, "I'll do better than that. <laughs> I'll show you what happened to George," <laughs> which I thought was gonna be vicious. I thought the footage we were gonna see was gonna be uh, way worse than what we saw. Which yeah, I gotta say is the footage. Although dark was a little humorous in the it way was. George goes off the railing. Yep. Yeah. It it was a little humorous. And you know, I'm I'm glad that it was kind of like on, <laughs> on his own terms to a degree, right? Were you? I mean, it's better than being thrown over. I'd rather jump if I just like, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna sacrifice myself for the people I love. Yeah. I think I'd rather try to at least fight. You headbutted this guy. Like that's, if you that's, if that's you headbutted him. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he probably could have gotten away. There was just one of them. That is a good point. I don't know. I feel like I'm just going down with... The thing is, is that he had too much information and too many people helping him. That was the issue with George. Yeah. I do think, and I I know you've disagreed with me at every step of the way. I still think that Juliet's mother killed herself. And I think Bernard confirmed that. Yeah, he he did, but... You know, if you want to believe Bernard, you know. Yeah, I mean, it was, it, it's like one of the, the only heart to hearts that, uh, that we've had. And he was truthful about something else. So it, it just, if he has a heart. You're going to lie to the person that's literally going to go outside and clean. Like she's, yeah, again, she's, that was my she's point. dead. That was my yeah. point last episode was you're talking to a dead man walking, or in yeah. his opinion, a dead man walking. Mm-hmm. And uh, what's, what's the point of lying at that point, you know? Yeah, he's already said that I'm going to hurt everyone you love if you continue this way. But, mm-hmm. anyways, uh, Juliet gets put in shackles and led up the silo. And right as she's passing by the down deep, going back up the stairs, she sees that nice large dent that George left in the in the ventilation system there, or at the bottom where the fans are, just to give her an old reminder of her her lost lover, George. Yeah, I thought for a moment maybe she was going to like jump again. <laughs> that wouldn't have killed her. It uh, would have just like well, not at this height. You're like ten feet above it. We have but this Julia's got to jump from like 100 stories to die, apparently. So, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, she literally jumped from about floor 80 uh, <sighs> to the bottom of the trash heap and she survived. And was back up and running within about 15 minutes. Supposedly. Impressive. Now, um, we do get a moment with Shirley and Walker in the workshop where Shirley's mm-hmm. livid with Knox, who's her boyfriend, it seems. And uh, she's mad at Knox for turning in Juliet, but really she's mad at herself and everybody around them because, in my opinion, the down deep could have overpowered the small number of sh- soldiers that were down there if they really wanted to. They had the manpower to do it. 
and they all decided to let Juliet be taken. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think Juliet would have wanted them to fight necessarily, but I do think that the down deep poses the largest threat to the order, the power order that is in place in the silo. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure they could have overpowered the people there immediately. Yeah. Like, I, I guarantee you. But you are going up against what is technically an armed force. I mean, they, they do have weapons. They do have many more things at their disposal than I think the people in the down deep do other than wrenches and pipes and things like that. So, yeah, it, but it, would, I, it would be a fairly short battle, I imagine. You would have to turn the deputies against uh, the raiders yeah. to get which, access to guns. Which some of them do. I mean, they seem like I they're on like Juliet's Hank, side. I mean, they, they... Yeah, Hank would. Hank would, I think. Hank and, and the other, um, you know, female deputy down there, she, she well, we warned Juliet. Again. She's like, well, we hey, I, again. I've been told to, you know, knock you down down the trash chute so oh no out. that one that one yes yeah. so i'm talking about her old friend who hated her once marnes was killed oh um, that one yeah yeah uh-huh. anyways interesting uh, i wonder where she's at she said she went closer to her family so she got re uh reassigned i'm sure we'll see her in season two all right um if we can pause here for a moment because the 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 scene with shirley and walker sparks an idea for Walker that stems mm. the whole reason Juliet seems to be living at the end of this episode, yep. which is everyone seems to be under the assumption that all of this is happening because Juliet stole some heat tape, but they don't know the deeper truth of why this is occurring to Juliet. It's kind of stupid for them to all think that it would just be that sort of a minor thing, but mm-hmm. something is, is stuck with Walker here where she understands that maybe it wasn't for nothing, the heat tape thing. Maybe yeah. her stealing it, the reason it was a big deal was because that heat tape is different. Now, let's continue. To Martha and the Walk of Bravery. I got to say, tremendous performance from Martha Walker, who um, I don't have the IMDb open, but if you want to pull it up on, I think it's Harriet. Harriet I think her name's Harriet Walker. Harriet Walker, right? Walter. Walter. Harriet, Harriet Walter. Walter. Yep. Uh, hell of a performance from her. Yeah. Because... Her one of her lines here was one of my favorites, where she goes, "She's had this phobia of leaving her workshop the entire time." Yeah, right. And she goes, "Come on, you old fool! You're all she's got. You're not gonna die. It just feels like it." Yeah, I love that line so much because it's like, I think everybody needs that whole. Sometimes you gotta just say, you know, you have to tell your mind what to believe or like how to act because your mind will lie to you. Yeah. And so she's literally having this physical reaction to leaving the workshop but it's a tremendous growth moment for her character and i'm hoping that in season two she's out and about pretty much back to normal because we're going to need her in season two for whatever is going to happen in this silo definitely yeah that was one of my one of my favorite lines that i wrote down in this episode but yeah every now and then you got to kick your yourself in the ass you got to kick yourself in the ass you got to literally look in the mirror and, and you know call yourself some names yeah but, I just did that this morning. It was it was <laughs> helpful. It was great. Yeah, it's like the opposite of affirmations. You gotta like tell yourself like, "Hey, it was liberating." Swallow it up and oh, bro. <laughs> suck it up. Anyways, uh, did you get the paranoid suspicion that I got when Juliet asked for water on the stairs that it might be poisoned? For like such a split second, but I'm like, "There's no way they're gonna poison her right now." Just yeah. I don't I don't see it happening. I thought maybe she's like gonna make a break for it. Like, what's what's about to happen? I'm kind of glad that she didn't because it, I feel like that would it was just dragged this on too much. So 
she dies like of something else on yeah the right the <laughs> all right so martha goes up to visit her ex-wife carla who works for supply we did not know this before but i want to make a side note here did you notice when she knocks on the door what happens somebody opens the door some dogs are barking dog it's the barks, first yeah. time we hear dogs barking in the silo we haven't seen a dog but we now know that dogs exist in the silo. Well, we did know dogs exist in the silo because there was mention of them early on. Was there? there did was. Meadows have a dog? I don't know if Meadows had a dog, but there was mention of dogs earlier on in the show. And I think it, it I don't know if it was like the Raiders or, you know, Judicial or somebody that, that had control of them. But we did get, we did get a mention of it before, but until this point, I haven't prominently heard them. Yeah. Well, she goes to Carla, she asks how things in supply are, which Carla sniffs out immediately asking, is this all about the nickel situation? And she brings up once again, the heat tape. And she thinks, once again, I think this is, you got to be ridiculous to think that this is the, the reason behind mm -hmm. this giant response from judicial and IT. She thinks the heat tape was the reason judicial and head of IT came down, right? Now, Carla makes a comment. She says, how any of this makes sense? Why would they care so much if your tape is way better than theirs? Walker says, it doesn't make any sense unless it does, which struck a chord with me on the rewatch now. Okay. And this is what I wrote down. I put, okay, so her theory is the reason IT was so mad about the heat tape being taken is because this heat tape is defective enough to make sure every cleaner who uses it dies upon leaving the silo. Mm -hmm. So maybe they were concerned about the defective tape being used in other areas of the silo that could have had bad consequences. Like if they would have used this bad heat tape on the generator or something like that as an insulation piece and it fell apart, you know what I mean? For something else. Yeah, I, I kind of thought that it was because it's, it's evidence, really. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you look at it closely enough, it, it would be evidence that this is inferior than the rest of the heat tape. That, that's, that's the way I interpreted it. Yeah. Well, Julia finally gets clarity when they stop on floor 20 and they show her um, the janitorial room, which mm -hmm. I got to say, when she sees janitorial, she sees the level of camera surveillance and the lockdown that Bernard has to silo under. Yeah, she comes to the conclusion that we had no chance. We never stood a chance. And he goes, nope. Yeah. And I love the fact that she didn't stand a chance because it almost would have been a little too cheesy if she won this fast, considering the, the, the advantage that Bernard is working with right now. Mm -hmm. So no, I also absolutely. put on my notes, if Juliet won, literally everyone would have died in the silo because it would have been based on a, on a perceived uh, truth. It would have been a that lie. That was actually a lie. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. I mean, it is it is good that she didn't win here for the greater good of the silo, right? So there's the there's the coin in, in Bernard's and Sam Sims bucket. That said, they're still totally the villains of this show. Bernard and Sims? Yeah, yeah. I mean they're painted that way. I think I do think they're still gray area. Uh you have to take it from the perspective of, you know, do you save the building? Like you have an option, you know, you save building A that has a thousand people or you save building B that has 20. Yeah. You know, you're still going to be the villain to the families of the 20, but you know, what choice do you make? Mm -hmm. It's a, it's not an easy one, but that's why Bernard is the way he is, I think, is because he views the silo in that way that no yeah. life outweighs the life of the 10,000 or the 10,000 that come after, you know? Yeah. That's the way I think he approaches things. But 
I, that, the reason I think he's gray area is because of some of the moves he makes and the decisions he makes later in this episode, but we can get mm-hmm. to that later. Now, we find out that George, in fact, was not killed by Trumbull. Rest his soul. Both of yeah. them. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, Trumbull didn't actually kill him. It was actually George who headbutts him and comes to the conclusion that the reason he's being detained and hasn't been killed already is that they want more information out of him, so they're going to torture him for it. And to be honest, I've always felt like if somebody's like, the majority of people, if they get tortured, are going to give up the, a secret, you know? Yeah. And yeah. I think some movies like make it seem like it's very easy to do it. But you know, if you are in a position that George would have been in, nobody would have found him again. It would have been like, you're, you're at Sim's discretion for the rest of your life until these <laughs> secrets come out. And he's got you know? some attitude. <laughs> yeah. So, George takes a leap, which I got to say, George continues to do these things where that's why I think it's humorous because he looks at the camera and smiles and goes, you know, like hands to the chest. Yeah. Like, as if he knows Juliet is for sure going to watch this tape. Mm-hmm. Right. Who else is that for besides yeah. Juliet? Nobody. It's, it's 100% for Juliet. Just like everything else that he's kind of been laying out. As he's falling, is he looking into every camera on every floor and like doing heart signs? Like, you know, <laughs> just, Yeah. Flipping him off as he goes down. Well, aside from getting clarity on George, she does not get any answers on anything else. They do not give her any clarity on her suspicions. They don't really talk about anything. Bernard never feels the need to go further than coming through on the promise of of the clarity for George, right? Mm -hmm. Next up, Juliet's getting fitted for cleaning and Bernard has his little talk to with Sims, where he says, tomorrow when Nichols is out on the hill, we'll have another discussion about Sims being promoted to his shadow. Now, I wonder if this discussion is still happening, considering the way things went wrong with Juliet's cleaning. It's like your boss telling you, hey, you know, I want to have another conversation about that promotion we were talking about. And then the next day he finds out that his quarterly earnings are down like 25%. And then he's like, hey, um, actually... I'm kind of busy tomorrow. Lunch came up. I got to, let's, let's, let's double back on this next week. I don't know why that was like the exact analogy that I had in my mind. I was like, yeah, "Yeah, there's a promotion. Oh no, our earnings are too low. Yeah. I just love the fact that as if Bernard had a choice, like of the kindness of his heart, he's like, you know, you've done so good, Robert. You've been so good at your job. And I just want to say that I think it's time to have this conversation about your promotion. As if it's not completely about the fact that hey, Robert, you saw the exact footage that could be the downfall of this entire silo. And perhaps if I do not promote you, you could easily subvert me and take power anyways with the information <laughs> that you are in possession of. You know, that, that conversation between Bernard and Sims after the end of this episode is going to go something like, you know, you've done such a great job, <laughs> but there's one more thing that needs to be cleaned up. And that's the sensor. Oh, just, he's going to send Sims out to clean. I'm just, I'm messing. I don't think he's really going to send him out, but. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Juliet makes peace with her father. Pretty much says sorry for blaming him for everything, which I'm glad they had this little moment. Although, come on, dad. You really believe that your daughter said she wanted to go out to clean after everything you literally helped her with in the last few days? Come on. I still think there's something deep down in him where he, he kind of knows. She makes it painfully obvious at least to me and i'm sure most people watching this that she can't say what she wants to say i'm surprised there's not like a like a hunger games tribute system here where okay. that the father can't be like i volunteer as tribute 
and go out to clean for her. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, you can't do that in real life, though. This is not real life. This is silo. What are you, what are you talking about? This is totally real. This is going to happen next year. Don't ever say that again. Knock <laughs> just on wood, not- man. Knock <laughs> on wood. I think half the show will unsubscribe from this show with that kind of negativity. No, I, I, I just, I don't think that this is not that kind of show. It's just not. Anyways, Bernard brings in Lucas, who looks like he's gone through absolute hell in the last few days. Yeah. And if he looks like this the last couple of days that he's been detained by IT or judicial, whatever department he's in right now, Mm -hmm. what is he going to look like after 10 years in the mines? I think Lucas comes out like, like Theon in Game of Thrones. Like that's another Game of Thrones reference you don't understand, but he's just not going to be the same after whatever he endures down in the coal, in the, I keep on saying coal mines, but the iron mines. You know, one of these days I'm going to watch Game of Thrones so you can't keep using these references at me, but. um, It's kind of sacrilege that you haven't by now. Yeah, I know, really. I don't know. I mean, I imagine he'd come out ripped and have a lot of gray hair at that point. Yeah. I really wanted to know what it was that he did to help IT find Juliet or get Juliet. He gave them the number of the drive, which allowed them to track them all throughout the silo. It felt like there was more than that, but. I mean, I guess there wasn't. Yeah, my my real question here is why the necessity to make Lucas pay this badly when he didn't he didn't know what he was meeting Juliet for. He got told information he almost didn't want to know, and he saw a drive that he didn't want to see, and he rejected helping her. So why the need for Bernard to go the extra mile here? Is it because he sees Lucas as a threat intellectually? He mentions that his results were like his actual performances through the through the roof. Yeah. By the way, we can pause for a moment here. Yeah, I don't I don't think that, you know, he's being punished because of his intellectual strength, right? And it's not because of his action, it's because of his inaction, right? Yeah, sure, he didn't know why he was going up there. And I, you know, I don't think that's the part in question. The issue that Bernard has with Lucas is the fact that you were clearly shown what was basically illegal. So was almost everyone in, in the silo because Juliet linked the screens. Okay. Yeah, but okay. Well, that... Nothing happened to Walker. Nothing happened to Shirley. Nothing happened to, to Hank. You know, there's several people who have seen this footage. Everybody at the monitors. There's a ton of people who have seen it. Danny and Patrick. I mean, is everybody going to get this severe penalty? Because I did not see that. Maybe it's because the down deep would have a response. And that's why he's more finicky at how much of a punishment he lays on them. You know what I'm saying? Because if the down deep is like, it's like a very, like he says, he's like Juliet with the generator. You know, a hit here, a tighten here, you know, a loosen there mm-hmm. to make sure the silo is running well. Maybe he knows he can abuse Lucas, but he can't get away with abusing Walker, who's a staple in the down deep, or Shirley, or Knox, or some of the other people. I don't, I don't, I don't know if, if that's really the case. I mean, maybe there's like some plausible deniability here. Like, you know, I don't know what the heck that was that popped up on screen. Also, if that, you know, if, if everybody saw it, like nobody's taught, like there's no chatter about it. I was a little thrown by that. Um, but I, no, I mean, again, like with, with Lucas, he was exposed to what a hard drive, mm-hmm. the magazine, Mm-hmm. The cameras behind the mirrors. He got screwed, and man. he didn't said, do anything. Like I said, if, it if he went immediately to to judicial or or the sheriff department, and was like, "Yo, they, like 
look at this just happened. Like, I don't like he wouldn't he would not be in this position. Hey, but it's better to not be a snitch. Yeah. Anyways, and I'll, I mean, Juliet's in the right here. So it's like you're you're snitching on the person who's good in this scenario. Anyways. Oh, well, I mean, they're kind of like all in the right, right? No, I mean, they're not. They're not. They, they're they're trying to protect the greater good. Bernard is, not, is, is definitely not in the right. I can understand his motives, but they're not in the right. Not yeah. if you're having to kill people, man. Like, you're telling me that they, they killed Johns, they killed Marnes, they killed George. Even if he threw himself off, that's murder anyways. Mm-hmm. Okay, because it's not like he was just walking and saying, "I'm going to kill myself." No, I mean, he would have died anyways. Rip, you know, rip they've the killed out one at a time. Some they're deciding who can have kids, who cannot have kids, who can be with who, who cannot be with who. Like these are not the good guys, but Bernard is a likable villain for sure. Yeah. Okay. Prepping Juliet here. Let's continue. A bunch of IT workers come up with boxes of sensor wool, which I found out. I mean, the name of the book is Wool, right? The series. Yeah. Um. At first, I thought they were, maybe it was the tape they were discussing, but it's actually the rag that they used to clean the sensor. And I'm wondering if that's the reason it's called wool, because you need the wool to clean the camera sensor outside of the silo. Yeah, it's like pulling the wool over your eyes, eh? Uh, yeah, double, lots of good meanings there. Yeah. Uh, we had a good, a good email that I glanced at talking about the cave analogy that I'm, we'll get to on the mailbag episode. Allegory, but, yeah. Yeah. Anyways, um, let's continue. Shirley brings up a box of... Martha's hush puppies, which I gotta say look. Delicious. I want some, man. Dang, that looks tasty. Right, it looks delicious. Like they're perfectly like moist. They look, they look great. Anyways, she leaves a note in there. Says, "I love you and have no fear. Supply, they're good in supply." Mm-hmm. That's what she writes. Okay. Now I think there's a double meaning there. Why it's the reason why Juliet looks down at the center tape on her arms when she goes out to clean. I think she understands. Oh. They're good in supply. Remember when we were not good in supply and I had to go steal some heat sensor tape from supply? Mm-hmm. So she understands what exactly is saving her. Yeah. Another thing I wanted to mention, I thought Shirley got a lot of good um, play in this episode. Mm-hmm. Because if there's going to be a rebellion down deep, I have a feeling that she will be the leader of the resistance based on her demeanor and her attitude in this episode. I would agree. I think she's got the strength, the attitude, and the the status, if you will. I mean, it's not like... You know, she's she's just going to be on her own. She she works with a bunch of people. I mean, we saw her in the other episode as well, where um, they were fixing the generator, and I mean, she was able to, to kind of you know help lead and throw her weight around a bit. Yeah. On to Billings and his promotion. He tells his wife that Sims knows he has the syndrome, and he's been granted an exemption and made sheriff, which cheers up his wife. But there's this odd look on Billings' face that things aren't quite right with the way he's been promoted. Mm-hmm. He knows that the, what is it called? The shoe, the other shoe is going to drop or something like that. Yeah. Right? Waiting on the other shoe to drop. I think that's the term. It might be. Yeah. Well, and why wouldn't it be? Because he knows that he is actually being puppet controlled here uh, by whatever Sims wants. Because at any moment, maybe they can revoke the exemption and send him to freaking iron, to the iron mines with Lucas. <laughs> <laughs> Just yeah. pal up down there. Yeah. On to one of the more interesting moments in the episode is the conversation between Bernard and Jules. Um, like we mentioned, even Bernard's slip-ups are intentional, and he lets it slip that Billings has been promoted simply because Bernard is a prick. Yes, he is. And I love the fact that in this scene, Juliet cuts him off at every BS pandering move he does, you know? Mm-hmm. Which can remind everyone out there of someone great that they've met in their, in their lives. But 
she cuts him off at every corner with his little soul, you know, virtue signaling of, mm-hmm. you know, oh, I don't want to burden you with my troubles. Like, he's just so <laughs> condescending. He's the guy who's coming over, he knows he's one, and he's coming into this cell to st- poke her with a stick, you know? Yeah. And he rubs it in her face. He says, you know, your troubles didn't begin when you stole that tape. Your troubles began at conception because <laughs> your parents weren't supposed to have children, which confirms an email or suspicions, which we thought we were wrong. I was having a discussion with him the other day that Dr. Nichols did something to the birth control in order for them to be allowed to have children, which I think is more than plausible at this point with, oh, by absolutely. that comment of Bernard. I, I, think, I think that uh, that theory is correct. Yeah. Which makes me wonder, did, who do they mark as the curious one? I'm assuming Hannah? Yeah. I mean, it was, it was that, I mean, come on, she made the magnifying glass and everything. Yeah, it was definitely Hannah. But to your point earlier in the episode, Bernard does pretty much confirm that it was Hannah's choice to kill herself. If we want yeah. to believe Bernard here. I, if there was ever a point to believe Bernard, it's, it's this point in the show. So I, I do believe him. Yeah. And with all of his douchey qualities, yeah. I do think that he is leveling with her here, to be honest. Yeah. You know, there was one thing that Bernard did not seem to know. Mm, yep. So that there is a big metal door down at the down deep. Yeah, he did have a peculiar facial reaction to her saying that line. Yeah. Which he responds with, the founders left us with many mysteries. But he doesn't elaborate on what he knows, why he doesn't tell everyone what's out there, you know? Mm -hmm. And makes me wonder, you know, I don't think he knew about the door, but I'm sure he'll seal it up and go investigate it himself at some point. Yeah, I, I was... What, there's one half of me that thinks he didn't know about the door and then there's just the other half of me that's like, was he just purely surprised because he didn't think anybody else knew about the door? Yeah. Well, one of the reasons I think he's being vague about w- what he can share with her and what he can't is the fact that he, the way the founders designed the cleaning system is that every cleaner will go back and clean even if they deny that they won't do it, mm-hmm. right? So when she says, I will not clean, he says, oh, yes, you will. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I think leads directly to why the clip exists of Jane Carmody's cleaning. Now, he doesn't answer any of her questions, but he does grant her her last request, which is getting back Holston's badge. So he's still underestimating her because he's assuming she's going to clean. So he thinks at this point that she's so far gone mm-hmm. in her vision of the Jane Carmody cleaning videos that she's seen that she's not going to be able to tell that she's not in reality when she's walking outside. Yeah. Also, these these people in the silo do not seem like they are, I mean, very aware of any complicated technology. I mean, everything that they do have is very outdated. So, and none of them have been outside. None of them see what it really looks like. I mean, they are seeing it through like a dirty screen at the very least. So, I just, I don't think you'd even be able to pick up on the fact that it's, it's fake. Yeah. I got to say in this episode, one of the things you walk away with is that Juliet's a very quick learner. She makes very good assumptions about what's going on. Yeah. We do get a scene of Bernard in his office looking at the drive. He pulls it out of, he pours it out of this red relic bag and he takes the drive disc out. And it's in my opinion that he knows that he didn't destroy the disc Mm -hmm. uh, previously. He didn't do it on purpose, but I do wonder why he doesn't destroy it now, or at least we're left to believe that he has a reason to keep it. Uh, in existence. Hmm. Thoughts? 
I mean, maybe, maybe there are things that he does not know and he has not seen everything on this drive. It's a possibility. So just but curiosity? I, I, maybe. I do think that it's not broken. Otherwise, why show the drive again? My thought process is that whatever motivations he has here plays a little bit of a role into why he shuts down the VR headset display later. Because I think part of him says, you're already out there. You're already, they say when they read you your rights, you're no longer un under the jurisdiction of the silo, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm going to do you a solid and I'm going to let you see what's really out there. Because if you're, if you're going to survive, I think, look, think about it. If you're from Bernard's perspective, you care about the survival of humanity within the silo. Yeah. As far as he's concerned, I don't know if he knows other silos exist out there. I'm assuming he does. But nonetheless, he's concerned about the survival of humanity. He needs to do his job in his silo and whatever Bernard is in the other silos need to do their job. Now, with that being said, if she succeeds out there and is able to have some sort of like, I don't know, she's able to do something that helps mankind, that is in his favor. That is in his interest. So that's my thought process and it leans into the fact that he's not this purely evil character. Yeah. I'm not quite sure why he really shut off the display. I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know how that would necessarily really help her. I mean, she could just keep walking and think everything is great when it's not. Like, what? I don't see what that's going to change uh, well, at, yeah. at this point. Yeah. My, my conclusion there is that if she's not helped by someone on the outside or something that she's done for, but mm -hmm. um, she does. He makes a mention that they're starting to lay the seeds for the unrest that's in the silo and how popular Juliet was and yeah. how much of a commotion this made because he says this is the largest crowd for a cleaning ever, larger than Holston's. So she's gotten more popular than Holston in a far shorter period of time, yeah. which lays the groundwork for whatever rebellion could happen in season two. Did you see how swaggy that chain was around uh, Bernard's? Uh, oh, it's amazing. He wears it really well. It's a dope chain. And I couldn't help but notice that it has the same details as the lapel pin um, that the e one of the emailers out there wrote in about, which is like, what is the meaning of the symbols on these, mm -hmm. on the lapels? And you can see it on the chain itself. And I don't know what the meaning is, but it does look like a silo because it's cylinder and that kind of thing, circular. It does. It kind of reminds me of, of like an emblem or something from, from the Empire in, in Star Wars. But yeah. You know, I, I'm not quite sure. I don't know if there's much meaning behind it. Can I ask you what would your last words be upon going out of the silo? Because Juliet's where I'm not afraid. Hmm. My last words. I've never thought about this. It's kind of morbid. You already yeah. predicted that we're going to be in silo destinations next oh, year. Oh, please. Come on. So. Yeah, okay. Um, it depends on the context. Man, it just depends on the context. Just answer the question, if, Zach. If, am I am I in the same situation? Just answer the here? question. Answer the question. What is it? Oh, I don't know. I mean, right. if I was angry, somebody would probably just say we're shutting you out. It's too I'm much. Just, yeah, it's too much. <laughs> well, what's your All last right. words? Come on. Ah, forget it. I didn't, oh, ask, yeah, you didn't okay. ask me. Uh -huh. I asked you. All right. Okay. Okay. Well, somebody wrote in a while ago. They said uh, this silo has to be far more underground than it looks from the inside, and. That person was correct because this silo, when you look at the ramp that Juliet goes out on, mm -hmm. I'm assuming they got to be at least 100 feet underground, like from the top. Looks about like it. I mean, that Pull out the measuring stairwell tape. goes pretty far. Pull out the, the iPhone measuring tape and use it against the screen and 
measure yeah. the door. Well, that'll that'll okay. work so well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, at the start of the episode, she says the display is a lie, but little did we know she was right, but it was about the headset display to my dismay and the wager that I lost. Yeah. We'll get to that in a minute. My question is, is how, I mean, there's lots of questions, man. There's lots of questions. There is. Uh, if if what she touches, when she goes to touch Holston's body, mm-hmm. right? Why aren't her footsteps doing the same type of digital pixelation as she steps on top of this entirely augmented reality? That's that's a good point. I'm just gonna <laughs> I'm just gonna <laughs> overlook that one. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. It should it should be doing that when she's stepping on the ground if it's gonna mess up that yeah. much. Well, she catches on pretty quick when she's watching it because she's probably seen the Jane Carmody cleaning more than anybody in history. Uh, that this is oddly familiar. <laughs> and when those birds, I mean, they should have done a take two without the birds. You know, that's what I would have done. If I, if I was directing the Jane Carmody uh, project, I would have mm-hmm. said, take two, the birds, imagine guys, come on. You know, they're going to do this 140 times. The birds cannot be the exact same way every time. Yeah, just change the pattern up you know? a little bit. Maybe yeah. just, just one straggling behind, but not two. Yeah. Yeah. Or just why not do a few takes and switch out what shows on the display? They only did one take. You know what I'm saying? Like I would have had several takes of the cleaning. Yeah. One with birds, one without birds. If there would have been no birds out there on that one, she would have been screwed. Screwed. If they would have went to a a second tape, like, oh, y'all think this is the only drive we had with this? (laughs) Mm -hmm. And they do like a take two and it looks completely different outside. It's like sunset. (laughs) She would have been done for. Yeah. You, little, you, you little go lazy. outside and, you know, you're just, you're actually seeing the nuclear explosion in the background. <laughs> I, I need to speak to the contractor. I need to speak to the contractor. Yeah. Anyways, uh, she does figure out that the headset display is a lie. She chooses not to clean the sensor, which there's a lot of nervous energy in the silo as, as all of her friends watch. Martha's there, Shirley Knox, everyone's there. And you can hear the clamoring in the crowd because they've never seen a cleaner decide not to clean. It's one mm-hmm. of the things that nobody... Nobody ever does this and decides not to clean. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm I, I think she kind of got even more fired up than she may have already been when, uh, when Bernard was like, "You will, you'll clean." Yeah, for that reason alone, I wouldn't have done it. But I, yeah. also, like when you're going out, she knows the sensor's pretty good. Like it can do for a little bit longer. It was just cleaned a few yeah. years ago. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's in the moment that she decides not to clean that you can see a facial expression appear in Bernard, and he goes. He just knows something's up. Yeah. It's, and it's in the moment that she's leaning down to like see where the bodies are mm-hmm. that he goes, she knows something's up. Like she knows. Yeah. And Sims doesn't know what she knows, but by the time he turns around, Bernard has already stormed off, right? And now everybody who's in this silo, who's watching this cleaning is starting to notice, wait a minute, she's getting further up that hill mm-hmm. than anybody else has gotten. Like yeah. what's going on? And it's in that moment that Juliet has the same reaction of, wait a minute, it's around this moment that I should be dead. And that's when she realizes the note from Walker that the heat tape is what's saving her, which still confuses me a bit. And I would like to learn more about in season two. Yeah. You know, I was oh, thinking about- oh, oh, I had something. But okay. We'll continue. I had something. Go ahead. Go for it. Oh, no, okay. no. I'll, I'll pivot it in a minute. All right. Maybe it's not what's outside that kills them. Maybe it's that room that sprays something on you. And that heat tape keeps out whatever's in the room that's spraying. That was the thought I had when I was rewatching. I think it's a possibility. Like I don't, I don't want to outrule 
or that that theory like yeah. it it, yeah. it is possible um i was going to mention you know when she does go out there and she stands back up right mm-hmm. if there is anything at this point considering this display being flashed on all of the screens and that didn't really start anything if there's anything that would cause like a riot i imagine it would be her being the only person in history to get over that hill yeah and sure. everybody would just be like losing their mind. Everybody saw this. Like, you know, they saw this. We don't know that they saw the other video that was flashed up there because it was for a very short period of time. And I don't know how many people were in front of a screen when I was up there. But, you know, so many people have seen this. I would imagine they would be like, it's it's safe. She made it over. Like, what it, what is out there? Like, you know, something's changed, right? What if, what if Bernard went and turned off this simulation to try and get her to come back? And clean. To the, oh, to come back to the silo. To come back and clean to tell everybody that no, it really is bad out there. You think that's you think that's the reason he went and did it? It. Ju- it just popped into my head. I I haven't thought about it much, but as as we were talking and rewatching this uh, this part of the scene, second? it's possible. I mean, I had the thought that think? could it be because he says she's gonna die, but once she gets to the hill, right, mm-hmm. or something like that. Could it be that he decided to do this because maybe there's another rule and the rule is if a cleaner makes it over the hill, you are to show them what's actually over the hill. You know what I mean? I don't know. Why not? I don't know. I mean, I I don't, I don't even know if they would have expected anybody to get over the hill. You know, she did fall for a moment and I was wondering why she fell like a little, a little bit ago when she, she first tripped. got out towards the body. I, I had wrote that down, you know, did she trip on a rock or something? But I feel like so many people get over to that point and like they trip or they fall or something. It's kind of weird. Mm-hmm. Maybe she tripped on the bodies, but it seemed like she was a little bit too far for that. Yeah. Man, it, that's, it's interesting. Well, she does walk over the hill and we get that. You can continue playing. We get that zoomed out shot of her walking, which the CGI looks kind of bad at first. And we get the zoomed out view of this hellscape, this desolate hellscape all around her, mm-hmm. where we see the existence of not one silo, but what looks to be hundreds of silos all around yeah. her. Yeah. And the city of Atlanta in the distance, if I had to guess. Yeah, I would, I would guess that as well. I had paused the show at around 45 minutes and 36 seconds, and I counted over 20 silos i think some of them are so far out in the distance it's hard to see but i mean if 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 you're thinking about like this as a circle or a pie like it's just a sliver of this circle like there there are tons yeah i want to take back what i said in the instant reaction because if the display on the inside is the truth and we can pause again here or just stop sharing uh, I kind of want to pause it on the moment where we see the landscape, if you can rewind it 10 seconds. Um, if we see the bodies on the view inside of the cafeteria, right? Mm-hmm. And that one is true. Then that means Holston is in fact dead and Allison is dead. Yes. Uh, certainly. Yeah. And this is where I put on my last side note for my deep dive notes, I put, I don't know where Juliet goes from here. But if nobody helps her, she's going to die anyways. If she doesn't go into another silo, or if there's not some sort of secret society that lives closer to the city, Mm -hmm. she's dead anyways. Yeah. 
that's my take on this i mean it's it's a long it's a long city i mean well i mean it's a long ways to the city i mean in, uh, like i said in the instant reaction in, in true silo fashion like they, they do a pretty good job at killing off prominent people that you think is going to be the focus so I would be shocked if she dies, man. Like we open up season two and it's just her dead. I don't. I don't want her to. I, like I want to be clear. I don't want her to die. Do you though? I'm just kidding. No, I, I don't. But they've done it like multiple times already, yeah. right? Like yeah. so, it it is totally a possibility. The other thing that I don't know is: are all silos identical, or do all like ha did something happen? And maybe now each silo kind of has its own regime. They they manage things differently. Maybe there is a good silo right next door. And this is like, hey, come on in. Maybe it's silo 19 or 17. I don't know. I agree. I don't think that's going to be the same regime in every silo. Uh, we do see that every silo has the identical little hut with the center. We do see mm -hmm. that. Same exact hill measurements on every single silo. Yep. So it seems like they would have the same exact protocol at every single silo. Um, it's also just... Hmm. Hmm. I actually wonder here because could some of these holes not be silos and actually be the slots for the, for the giant digging machines? Uh, I think one of them is, I think the rest are silos because I, I think I, they have one big digger that just, it was, it was left there in the middle of this massive field of holes. I don't know about that because there has to be one for each, at least, you know, several machines out there. You can't just have one machine doing all this. There's no way. I don't know. I mean, it could have, who knows how long it took them to dig these holes. I also got to gotta say, like, how far in advance do you have to be ahead of the nuclear apocalypse to do this? So maybe it wasn't a nuclear mm -hmm. apocalypse. Maybe it was like climate change or some crazy solar storm. I don't know. Something that destroyed everything because that's a lot of real estate you're taking out of a major city to create, you know, a field of silos. Yeah. Well, it is an Apple show, so maybe it had to do with climate change. I'm not sure. I'm still banking on a nuclear like a, a, apocalypse or something. Yeah, but it's based on a book. It wouldn't have anything to do with what Apple decides to put in there unless they deviate. But yeah, I, I, have, I have no idea. I haven't listened to any interviews from Hugh Howie, but he does say he wrote this book because he literally thinks that this is the trajectory of mankind. Like this is where we're heading. That's what I read somewhere. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now, I do not share that pessimistic view mr howie and i would like to talk about it on the show someday so if you're listening to this uh which maybe he does maybe he goes and like looks up the silo podcast and he's a secret listener that would be cool that'd be awesome um you're welcome on the show except i did i heard he was a 70 uh, 76ers fan and i am a diehard heat fan mm -hmm. and that there may be some points of, of contention there but um <laughs> anyways let us continue i digress um i don't you know there's lots of unanswered questions here and i wrote them down and you know let's cover them real quick before we wrap up this episode okay i put here's some of the unanswered questions going into next season we have what's at the bottom of the hole and where does that door lead also what did george mean about the water down there what was up with the camcorder device given to walker and what page did billings take i would like to add a couple more questions on there okay what are bernard's motivations and why did he decide not to destroy drive 18 why did he decide to turn off the server, like the, not the server, the, um, the VR the display, yeah. right? That Juliet was seeing. What is Sim's motivation with his wife? The one true motivation that they have in their lives. And, um, that's all I've got for now. What happens to Juliet? 
Yeah, what happens to Juliet is the biggest one, right? What happens yeah. to her at the end of this? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm excited to find out. I'm sad I'm going to have to wait about a year for it. Probably more. Yeah. Um, all right, Zach. Let's get into what we need to do. All right. Well, let's let's get into our categories first, and then we'll get into no, the... No, uh, do the wagers first. Do the No, 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 no. Let, let, we got we got to do the categories. We, okay. we got to get this out of the way. Favorite character, Bernard. All right, I'll go with Juliet. I, I put Bernard and Juliet down. I thought you know, I'll just put them both. But I just thought Bernard was excellent in this episode. He, incredible, incredible. Best scene in the episode. It's the end when she's going out to clean. Yep. And that's I mean, last we've been, ten minutes. <laughs> we've been waiting for this answer the entire time. It has to be that. Yeah, the, I, I wrote down literally the last 10 minutes of the episode, preparing right. to go out and going out. Right. Best line of the episode. There's, there's several. I, I, I do love um, Martha's when she goes, um, come on, you old fool. Yeah. You're all she has. Um, you're not dying. It just feels like you are. I love that. I also love Bernard when uh, the back and forth with Juliet where she goes, they can handle the truth. And he says, I wish I shared your optimism. And then Bernard's just simple no when she goes, yeah. we never stood a chance. And he goes, no. Yeah. He just has this way of delivering those lines like earlier in the season when they're in the cornfield. And uh, he goes, the hard drive. How would I know about the hard drive? <laughs> Oops. That, yeah. I just thought, you know, he has it this It reminded of me of that lines. so much. He just knows he's smarter than everybody and likes to rub it in everybody's face that he's smarter than everybody. He's oh, got to be a fun character absolutely. to write for. He's got to be a fun character to write for. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the, the ones you mentioned cover my favorites. I, I wrote down in, in order. It was, you know, you're not going to die. It just feels like it. You know, Walker, when she's leaving her apartment. Yeah. And then the whole, we never had a chance. Yeah. No. Yeah. All right. The Time wagers. for the bets. These the are the wagers. wagers. Okay, for, There's three. Hold on, Zach. Okay. For those who haven't listened to the entire series and any of our other series, Zach and I have a tradition of wagering a bottle of whiskey or something equivalent. At the start of a season with a series of wagers that we decide the number of them that there are. And whoever at the end of the season has won more of the bets has to buy the other person a bottle of whiskey or their preferred choice of beverage. And nobody really loses because we end up usually sharing it when we, when we chill IRL. Yeah. So, all right, let's get into them because I don't remember what the categories were or the questions were. And you could have cheated on this for all I know. So yeah, let's, let's you know, I, yeah, I, I knew you were going to bring that up, but no, I, I didn't. And if anybody wants to go fact check this, you can listen to all of our silo episodes free to you on Apple, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. But we had three wagers that we agreed on during this show. Okay. Lamb and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go in reverse order here. So I'm going to start with the last one. And I categorize that one as Lucas. Okay. What was the what was the question? And your bet was that Juliet and Lucas would hook up. I, I was said right. No. I was right. They don't hook up. They kissed. That is technically a hookup. I don't know what your definition of hookup is. Technically, hooking up is any form of physical sort of sexual content. So yeah, that was that was that was a bit of a stretch, but okay. That was well, whatever. <laughs> that we made a whole wager on that. Yeah, we did. I don't know why. It was you. You. I was all Team George. You were I like, nah, be, I'm going. I Lucas. may not be wrong on that though. I don't think I'm. If I swear, if season two they get together, and it comes back, this is the rule. If it comes back, if it comes next back, season, yeah, you'll, you'll win it in get, the next season. No, no, yeah. no, no. I get one tally on top of whatever wagers we lay out for season two. That's fine. That's so totally fine. So you're giving yourself a W for that. 
Yeah, that's okay. totally fine. If it All happens right. in season two, you you'll, said, you'll, you you'll said get a tally. No. You said no. Okay. I literally, I literally said no. <laughs> that's all I wrote. I'm like, okay. nope. All right. Next um, one. All right. Next one is the suit. And now this one has some gray area. I right? won this one. I, so this is the one I won. Mario said the suit is poisoning them. Yes. And I said the suit is manipulating what they see. That is not even fair. That's not even a fair. Your answer doesn't make any damn sense. I told you it was. It's the simulation it, that the visor is displaying well, something the that question? they don't see. What was the question? It was what's going on with the suit. I had bet that the suit was oh, manipulating what they saw. Sense. That doesn't even make any damn sense. I don't know how it doesn't. It was in there. It doesn't make sense because the real question there is how are they dying? That is the real question. What's going on outside? And what I said was. The suit is killing them, which I was right because the way the suit is designed is so that they don't make it over the hill. Okay. You well, were saying the thing about the display. I feel like I should win this one because the true question was. Should win. That's a tie at, at, at best. The question doesn't make sense, Zach. It has to be about how they are dying. That doesn't make any sense. Now, whether that should have been a, that's a different question of what's going on outside. No. So, so we had a third category and the third category is outside. And your bet was that it was green outside, and I said it was not green outside. It's a very, at the very least, you win the Lucas one. I was right about the suit. I was wrong about it being green outside. However, I could still be right unless this, this may be like a secondary desktop. You, you, could, you could be. It could change in season two, but I think this, is, right this is my the, first win of were, the bottle of whiskey. You were so. right about the display on the headsets. You were right about Yeah, I, I think, not I think the outside. suit thing is a tie. We're both right. I was right about how they're dying though. Their vision is manipulated and the suit is allowing them to die. Yes. The heat tape. All right. Okay. You win, Zach. You yeah, win. I know. I got, I got I, I, two out of three at least. All right. All right. We'll, 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 t we'll tie on number two. We'll tie on number two. But I'm happy. All right. Well, that come about, on. You've won the other ones. I, I got to get one. I, know, on I, I was fighting there. I was fighting there. It may come back in my favor, but all right. That about does it. That about does it for our deep dive episode today. Thank you all for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed this finale deep dive episode. But you don't have to miss our deep dive episodes for too long because we're doing some other shows that we're going to talk about in a moment. But this is our final deep dive episode on Silo Season 1. And it was a joy to do this entire journey with you. Thank you for tuning in. We're looking forward to Season 2. As you may know by now, Apple has officially greenlit it because the show's been crazy successful. It's been in the top five or top three and now it's top one on the Apple charts from the beginning. And the audience is only going to grow, I think, into season two when people catch wind of how great this show was in season one. Mm -hmm. But once again, we want to thank you all. The engagement has been fantastic. The listenership has been awesome to see. And we hope you join us and stay in the Soapbox Network family with us and help us and grow with us as a network because we have other series that we're doing. This is not a one-show podcast we do several shows and you'll see that we are going to be pivoting our focus on the next big apple show which is foundation in my opinion which has inspired like i've said many times before movies great works like star wars dune blade runner i mean it's it's the godfather of sci-fi for a reason and apple has done a terrific job in adapting it for television now we are doing that series on wednesdays and we're going to be doing double duty covering the rest of season one prior to July 14th when season two will be premiering. And then we're going to follow the same schedule we did on Silo because those new episodes are going to be releasing on Fridays, maybe Thursday nights. And we're going to be doing an instant reaction and a deep dive of foundation. And we encourage you to join us and let us know what you think of the show. 
Additionally, we're going to be doing or continuing our Black Mirror Season 6 coverage with Episode 3 this week. And we also have one more bonus Silo episode for all of you Silo listeners out there with our final mailbag episode. And maybe there will be some other bonus Silo episodes along the way, but you will see our focus shift to foundation. And you'll even see the title of our podcast shift to, instead of Silo on Apple TV by Story Archives, it will be Foundation by Apple TV by Story Archives, something of that nature. But thank you all for listening. We encourage you to subscribe to our newsletter if you want to stay in touch with all we're doing. We're planning some quarterly newsletters, maybe some show recommendations on there for you. And just to stay up to date with us on everything we're doing, please head on over to our YouTube channel and subscribe. We're actually going to be launching this podcast for the first time with video. So you will be able to see our faces alongside our voices. It'll be a full experience and it'll be true. Your display will not be lying to you, except for Zach's. He does not live in that house and whatever is behind him is completely fake. Trust me. Yeah, that's what everybody says. Well, thank you for listening to this podcast, Silo by Apple TV on Story Archives. You can find this podcast anywhere you find podcasts, Apple, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. We are on YouTube at Soapbox Podcast Network. So be sure to take a look at us there. Like, subscribe, comment. We appreciate all of the feedback that we get there. You can find different playlists that we have on YouTube for the different shows that we've been covering. You can visit our website at soapbox.house. Email us at contact at soapbox.house. And again, there is a link in the description below to sign up for our newsletter. Until next time, until season two, or until our mailbag episode, stay inside. Do not go outside and clean unless you have really good heat tape. Yeah. All right, y'all. Take care. Have a great week and peace. Peace. Peace.